Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Hey there, Maggie. Oh my gosh. Hey, Marley. How's it going? I'm okay. I'm very, very cold. How are you? I'm, I'm warm at the moment. Well, but, that's good. Yes. Um, I've realized that, well, I guess we should intro the podcast, but we'll get there. Uh, It'll be fine. <laughs> I realized, so this is my second winter in Arkansas, and I hate yeah. it. I hate winter. Okay. Um, sure. Realizing that my 20 years in Seattle prepared me very well for a mild climate. Mm-hmm. And Northwest Arkansas is not a mild climate mm-hmm, in any mm-hmm. sense of the word. Yeah. So... I don't know what that means besides that I'm just perpetually cold. Yep. I'm not a fan. Yep. I like cold weather. Um, I went for a ride Saturday and it was half bike ride, half bird watching. Okay. Um, And finally, about like an hour and a half in, I was stopped just staring at these ducks. And my brain was like, hey, I can't feel my toes. You need to pedal faster. <laughs> and uh, I got in the car. I felt fine, but I had to stop and get gas. And when I got out of the car to get gas, I thought I was going to freeze to death just mm. standing up out of the vehicle. Was this before or after your ride? After. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I have found that once I get cold on a ride or really anytime, it is nearly impossible for me to warm up unless I take like a like somehow submerge my body in hot water basically yes yep. yeah yeah mm-hmm. well i guess that let's intro the show because one of the things we're going to talk about today is cold weather riding yeah and um yeah welcome to the all bodies on bikes podcast yay you're here <laughs> we're so happy you're here yeah and we don't have any special guests today it's just me and maggie um kind of catching up on things it's this is our first um solo just us episode of the new year yes and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna cover a couple things we're gonna talk about winter riding gear um mm-hmm. we've got a very exciting announcement kind of related to that actually yes um we're gonna talk about tire pressure um <laughs> which sounds boring but I don't think it is. It's a topic of like contention within within cycling it is I would say yeah, yeah. Yeah, and an especially important topic for bigger bodied and or heavier riders. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit. And then uh, I figure we'd close out the show with some maybe some of the things we're looking forward to this year, yeah. um, whether that's with All Bodies on Bikes or our own personal lives or just events that we're doing. So, yeah. And then who knows what else will come up for this uh, yeah, for come sure. up during this episode. Yep. Um, well, I guess first up, let's let's go back to the winter riding Um gear so yeah. i have some questions for you okay um, so your ride on saturday what was mm-hmm. the weather like so here in north carolina this past weekend for us it was cold okay um wind chill i think my ride ended up being like 15 degrees that is cold yeah 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 
Um, and then as soon as I finished the ride, luckily the wind picked up and the temperature dropped that same gas station stop I was talking about in the time it took me to pump gas, the temperature dropped by three degrees. Oh my gosh. Like we bottomed that, out. I wonder if that was that same system that came through here recently. Maybe. Um, so I guess it was, well, time is irrelevant because I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast, <laughs> but basically I drove down to Little Rock, which is about three and a half hours from where I live. And I gave a talk and it was awesome. And, um, Friday, that was Thursday night and it was like 60 degrees, which is unseasonably warm. Yeah. Um, and by the next morning, which we'll talk about, it was a very exciting night and not for the reasons that you're probably thinking of. I remember of. that. Yeah. I remember um, seeing posts. <laughs> by the next morning, it had dropped to like 50 something. But as I drove back north, it got to 10 degrees. Nope. So it swung almost 50 degrees in 12 hours. Yeah. Um, it was it was absolutely wild. Um, but that night was exciting. So I gave an awesome talk. There was like 50 people there. Um, I've I've realized that I I mean, you guys all probably know this from the podcast, but I really don't have a filter. So I literally told a room full of people that I'm queer and I unfortunately still date men. <laughs> okay. Sure. Sure. Which, which is again not a surprise to any of my friends or family or whoever, but this room of complete strangers looked at me and then what i said kind of like hit them and they laughed so hard um but i was like why am i telling you all this right now like this is not relevant to bikes at all well it was because we were talking about building community and you know queer bike community and that sort of thing yeah. but anyway i've learned that i don't have a filter not the point of this um get back to the hotel and go to bed and then I get woken up by the most awful noise. Um, you know, like the Amber Alert noise that happens? Yeah, yeah. That even when your phone's on silent, which my phone mm -hmm. is on silent 100% of the time, will raise you from the dead. Yep. <laughs> that alarm went off or that noise went off. And I looked at my phone and it said, take shelter now, tornado warning. I was like, "Sure, what the heck? <laughs> So in my in my sleep stupor, I put my clothes back on and I put my shoes on and I got in the bathtub. Yep. I took my phone and I'm sitting in the bathtub watching the news and five minutes or so goes by and I realize I have no idea where in Little Rock I'm at. And so the newscasters, you know, going neighborhood by neighborhood of like, if you're here, you need to take shelter. If you're here, it's coming your way. And I was like, I don't know where I'm at. Like, this could be down the street from me, or it could be 10 miles away. I have no idea. Yeah. And so I went down to the lobby and I was like, well, if I'm going to die in a tornado in a hotel, I'm not dying alone. There you go. 100%. Um, and so thankfully, long story short, there was no tornado, but it was really scary and I was not alone, which was yeah. awesome. Yeah. But, um, okay, back to, to winter riding. Right. Um, so what, what is your, your clothing? Like, what do you wear in the winter when you're riding a bike? So I am trying to bike commute more. So I've had to really think about that this year. Yeah. Because um, you got that new e-bike. Right. Yep. My, my sweet Sigrid. Um, <laughs> and so I have been slowly, first of all, teaching my brain because I'll set my like indoor thermostat to like sometimes 60. And that's like great to me. Ooh. Outside is different. Yeah. So I've had to be really cold a couple times to start figuring out if it's between these temperatures, here's what you wear. And if it's between these temperatures, here's what you wear. Um, but basically so far this year, I have acquired quite a bit of smart wool. Okay. Um, Which got... shout out to smart wool for making plus sizes. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, got a great base layer. I think I bought, ended up buying like six pairs of socks. Yeah. Um, and but then I do the only pair of like long bike shorts I have are fleece lined. Ooh, what brand? Um, uh, Canary. Okay. Um, and I really like them. That was the first pair of bike shorts I ever had was Canary. And I do really like their stuff. Um, and these are, I wore the smart wool base layer pants on my ride this past weekend where I almost froze to death. Um, but usually those fleece line pants are enough to just keep me warm nice. if I'm biking, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I have a pair of Pearl Izumi fleece lined bibs that they don't make anymore. Yeah. Um, and I have developed a hole right uh, on the butt, like right mm -hmm. sure. above where the chamois stops. And so I have <laughs> re re-sewn those a couple times now yeah. um, because I'm not getting rid of those pants. They are the only pair of winter cycling pants that I have that fit. Mm -hmm. Um which is is quite a shame, but actually, I got something exciting to tell you before yeah? we, before we come back. Um, we have new all bodies on bikes winter cycling tights. Woo! Yeah. Um, in addition to other all bodies on bikes cycling apparel, but yeah. um, one of the things that's part of the the option to buy is some some I believe that they are bibs, um, and they are fleece lined, um. The, the manufacturer, it's really cool. So we're working with Champion System, um, which is woman-owned. Um, actually, we've had her as a guest on the podcast, if you guys remember Susan from the Grounded Nebraska episode. Um, she owns Champion System. And so she's been absolutely delightful to work with on yeah. getting these All Bodies on Bikes uh, kits out into the world. Um, we just released them like yesterday. Um, but she was really funny. You know, we were picking out the items to um, – to make for our collection, um, we really wanted these winter cycling tights because finding cycling tights in extended sizes is really freaking hard. Yep. Um, and these come up to a 6X, uh, which is awesome. Um, yeah. And it's funny because Susan was, you know, telling us about the different products and she said, these tend to run a little long. And I said, I don't care. Like, yeah, we can, you know, we big bodied folks have gotten good at sewing things or, you know, altering things to make them work. Um, but at least having it available is better than not having it at all. So, yeah. 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 Um, but okay. So wait, I have another question for you. Okay. Um, and this is pure curiosity because I don't know how it's supposed to work. So if you're, if you're wearing a base layer with cycling shorts or bibs or whatever, does the base layer go on the inside or the outside? That is a fantastic question um i wore mine on the inside okay just because it seemed like the thing to do that makes but sense i don't know yeah yeah i've worn mine on the outside with like another layer this is for like really really cold rides i've only done one um but i did like my cycling tights a base layer and then like almost like a wind shell on the outside. Yeah. Um, and that seemed to work well. But my it's always been a question because like you're not supposed to wear undies with your cycling shorts. Yeah. And I'm guess I I I've always just wonder if base layers are the same of like you don't want that friction there. But I guess it just comes down to personal preference. Yeah. I yeah. would think so. Yeah. What are you wearing on top to stay warm on winter rides? So um a few things. <laughs> well, I would hope so. <laughs> uh, I forgot my undershirt 
the mm. merino wool undershirt for this past ride this past weekend. So Maybe that's this, why you were so cold. Well, I ended up I was wearing a long sleeve shirt under my jersey, long sleeve jersey under my wind shell. When I got done with the ride, I put on a sweatshirt and a jacket on top of all of those other things and was still cold for most mm. of the evening. Yeah. And I run hot. So that was my sign on how cold I actually got was the fact that I just wore that all night. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Actually, yeah. I have a theory on this. And okay. if you are squeamish, maybe don't listen, although it's not, there's nothing squeamish about this. But okay. okay so bigger bodied folks, like I should just speak about myself. I have extra fatty fat tissue, you know, on my butt, my legs, my belly, my boobs, whatever. And that tissue gets really cold really fast. And I don't think it gets a lot of blood flow. This is just all anecdotal. Okay. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physiologist. But I'm convinced that there's something to this because it doesn't get a lot of blood flow because um, it's just fat. And so then when you go to warm up, it takes a lot longer too. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, I went for a ride. So it's been really cold here for probably two weeks. And um, I went for a ride a couple weeks before that. And it was in the 30s. And I remember getting back from my ride and getting in the shower and looking down at my belly. And my belly was like a deep purple, almost black color. Dang. And I had never seen that before, except when I've been yeah. bruised, but never like in a concentrated spot on my body. And then I like kept scanning down my body and like my inner thighs that are primarily fat were also that same deep purple almost black color and as I got into the shower they got really itchy and painful mm -hmm. and I googled it and I think I almost gave myself like hypothermia yeah um in those in those areas um I was like dang this is scary mm -hmm. yeah 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 but I don't know I've like kind of resigned myself that I don't like winter and when it gets below a certain temperature, I'm just going to ride indoors. Yeah, I, I learned that this weekend because I kind of like riding and playing outside even when it's chilly. I do too. But like I think I got close to being unsafe mm -hmm. this past weekend and that's the thing like if you enjoy it and you can get your like keep yourself warm and have good stuff, great. But also like, you know, common sense is a thing that I should use more often, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, same. I mean, I think about like the folks that do the Iditarod and like serious winter cycling and there are ways to do it safely, but mm -hmm. I just don't have the gear. Yeah. And I think that's just something I got to accept and hop on the trainer and that is yeah. a-okay yeah. or move my body in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Although, um, and I think we've talked about this before, I'm really realizing how much moving my body is crucial to my mental health. Yep. Um, so, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Every, every, all of my friends are like spending hours and hours on Zwift. And I consider it a good ride if I go 20 minutes because mm -hmm. my ADHD just does not like that. It doesn't, it needs yep. the sights and the sounds and the smells outside. Um, and Zwift is just not where it's at for me. Yeah. I've tried, I've done Zwift. I just prefer to like watch something if I'm going to mm. do that. Uh, I did at some point I had a friend come over. She brought her trainer and her bike. We set our bikes and our trainers up side by side and then watched a Disney nature documentary. Oh, and I could be that, into that was a good time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of folks who will do group rides or, you know, we've had Andrew on here from Party Side right. Cycling. Yeah. And I joined a couple of his rides and those are fun. So I think it is just, it's the social aspect. Um, but whenever I get the urge to to get on Zwift, I'm doing it right then and I'm not scheduling it out. Like I'm not even patient enough to wait for like the group rides to start. I'll just sure. start doing my own thing. Like yep. my, my schedule is not going to be dictated by a video game. What? As That's crazy. Out. That's <laughs> nuts. Why not? Come on. Get on board. Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Um, well, I want to go back to the All Bodies on Bikes kits. Yes. Um, do you remember the first time you wore a cycling kit and what that experience was like? I'm thinking. I remember I like the day I got a bike, I went and bought bike shorts. Okay. Because I had been I nerd out on things that I'm getting into. And so I'd been watching um, Global Cycling Network mm. for like a you solid. Like really nerded out. Yeah, I'd been watching for like a <laughs> solid couple months before I even bought a bike. Um, and I was like, I don't need anything but a bike, and I think a pair of these shorts. Um, and that it was truly life changing. If you were listening and you like to ride bicycles and you've never owned a pair of padded shorts, please just, go get one. You need to try it. It's yeah. just life changing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, similar to Maggie, I uh, was riding bikes for many years before I found a pair of cycling shorts that actually fit me. And I actually found them at Goodwill. Um, yep. And wherever you find them, I mean, obviously, I would love it if you bought the all bodies on bike shorts. Um, we went with a brand that was intentionally size inclusive mm -hmm. um, up to a 6X. Um, for reference, I wear a 2X um, and I typically wear a 2X in Pearl Azumi or sometimes a 3X. Um, so pretty true to size. Um, but it was really important. That's why it took us so long. Honestly, people have been asking us for years to make all bodies on bike cycling apparel and we finally have it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm stoked. We've got jerseys. Um, and one of the coolest, well, I was going to name them all off, but before I do, um, one of the coolest things about this company that we used is the customization. Um, so one of the challenges with cycling gear is sleeve length and leg length and collar length. And there, everybody's just got, you know, particular things and you're never going to make everybody happy. But one of the things that I'm obsessed with with these kits is you get to customize so much of it you get to pick your sleeve length um so you can do sleeveless you can do like a regular sleeve you can do a longer sleeve that's still like a short sleeve or you can do long sleeve in all the jerseys yeah. um same thing we we have some like mountain bike trail style jerseys so not quite like the the traditional cycling kit um and you can do short sleeve and long sleeve um we've got bibs we've got shorts we've got a vest we've got a jacket and we've got tights um yeah. and i'm stoked on the design we've got you covered we've got you covered and the prices are really reasonable um i believe our jerseys are like 70 bucks or something yeah. and all bodies on bikes which is not just a podcast we are also a nonprofit. yeah we are. didn't know that uh we get a small percentage of the proceeds um yeah. so you're getting a good deal. We're getting some proceeds and hopefully you're getting gear that you're proud to wear. Yeah. Um, the only, the only thing we ask it's a great deal is don't be an asshole while you're yep. riding in our kits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Cause then we have to find you. I don't yeah. know what we'll do when we find you, but we're going to find you. <laughs> Maybe we'll just take their kits away okay. from them. That works. But I'd like to think like if you're supporting all bodies on bikes, you're probably not a jerk. I, yeah. I think our I think our audience 
and our fans are pretty good people. I believe that. I believe it too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, should we move on to the next topic? Sure. All right. Let's let's talk PSI. PSI. That does not stand for porcupines spilling icicles. What does it stand for? <laughs> That's a good pounds per square inch. I think maybe. I don't even I know. Think so. And more um, importantly, just what is it? <laughs> um, so it's the it's how much you are inflating your tires. Um, you might be more familiar with this from your car. Um, mm-hmm. Which actually, I just learned this the other day. Um, I'd been like going into my owner's manual of my car to figure out like when your like tire pressure light comes on um, for like what pressure to air your tires up to. Mm-hmm. Did you know that on the inside of your door there is a sticker that tells you what tire pressure to inflate them to? For some reason, you telling me is triggering the memory of knowing that. Yeah, but I don't know why I knew it. Yeah, and. It's it's pretty universal. I think on all cars they have a sticker yeah. there, and they it makes it really easy. And it turns out bikes is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Where do you find the the? How do you know how much air your tires up, Maggie? Um. So on the side of the tire, there yeah. are going to be numbers that you have to look for for thirty minutes, and will always be in the exact opposite spot from where you look first. Um. But it's going to give you, um. Yeah, a pressure reading for what the ideal pressure is for your given tire yeah and it's funny because oftentimes it's a range and it'll be like Mm -hmm. like you know speaking about gravel tires it'll be like 20 to 85 which is a a heckin range massive massive difference (laughs) um and it's one of those things where i don't give a whole lot of thought to my tire pressure until i do yeah and then i think about it a whole lot Mm -hmm. um kind of a, a funny example so um, that ride that I was on where my skin turned purple, almost black, yep. um, I was going to take out my Topstone, which is what I normally ride gravel. It's what I, I race on primarily, and right. I love that bike. And I had a flat tire. And um, somehow I don't I, – I, I've, I've solved it now, but I didn't have a floor pump. I only had a hand pump. Hmm. Okay. And, um, yeah, is a great response. Like, yeah. how do I not have a floor pump? Like <laughs> – that's a story for another day. Okay. Um, I have one now. Thank you, Shimano. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so one of my bikes had a flat tire. And thankfully, uh, I have multiple gravel bikes that I can take out. And so I was like, oh, I'll just take my Super 6 Evo, um, which is another Canada bike. Um, and I, I felt the tires, which, spoiler alert, grabbing your tires to like feel their firmness is not a substitute for checking the tire pressure and actually putting air in them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I felt them and said, yeah, that seems fine. I'm only doing 20 miles, um, which another sidebar, it's wild to me that 20 miles has become like a short distance to me. Right? Like I've yeah. never lived in a world where that was the case, but that is my current world. Yes. So I take this bike out and I can tell almost immediately that, oh, this is going to be a ride. Like, each pedal stroke just feels like I'm like going through quicksand. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, I was already like three miles outside of town, too far to turn around and put air in my tires. I, I was committed to this ride. Sure. So I go on this ride and I'm looking at my stats later and I realize that like, you know, flat roads that I can normally go 12, 14, sometimes 15 miles an hour on, I was struggling to get eight, nine miles an hour. Okay. Um, and, you know, at the time it felt hard. But I was like, oh, maybe there's a maybe there's a headwind or 
Um, like my tire pressure can't be that low. And as I get back into town, I was like, I'm going to find out how low my tire pressure is. Also, I know I need to air these tires up because I don't have a pump at home. So I swing by the bike shop and um, I go to the Meteor. Shout out to the Meteor if you're in Austin or Bentonville. And I think Ooh. they have a new Dallas location too, which is wild. But um, the, the mechanics were like, hey, Marley, what's up? Everything okay? And I was like, yeah. You know, do you guys have a tire gauge? I'm just very curious what my tire pressure is at. Any guesses? So I normally ride at 55. Normally ride at 55. Yeah. And I was struggling to maintain eight miles an hour on flat roads. Um, Was it three? <laughs> No, it was higher than three. Okay, all right. Yeah, it was 23. <laughs> okay, sure. Yep, great. Which, I mean, thankfully, um, this this whole ride was like a comedy of errors um, because my phone died because I was making content and it was 20 degrees out and sure. turns out phones die in really, really cold weather. Mm -hmm. um, but So thankfully, I didn't get a flat tire um, because I also didn't have any CO2 on me. Um, I didn't have my hand pump on me because I had used it to try and inflate my flat tire i was just woefully underprepared um so thank god i didn't get a flat um yeah. but man that was a really good reminder to me that before every ride especially in the winter you should be topping off your tires yep yeah and i don't know the physics of it like i know that air molecules are tiny and i think they slip out in between the rubber or something right um I don't know. I'm just envisioning like Willy Wonka when they're like, you know, flying around and there's like things bouncing around. That's yep. how I envision air inside okay. of tires works. Sure. Yep. Um, okay. But if you listen really close, you can hear them giggle when they bounce <laughs> off of each other. And escape, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but words the wise, top off your tires each time you ride, especially in the winter yeah. when... Um, and I, I, again, I don't know the physics of it. Actually, I do. I remember this because my eighth grade science teacher talked about when things heat up, the molecules bounce against each other. Clapping. Sure. The molecules bounce against each other faster right. and take up more space. Whereas when they're cold, they bounce against each other slower. Okay. Maybe we should get a physicist on here to talk about the science. Oh, heck but yeah. basically, when it's cold, you need to air your tires up more often. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's I, I forget to do that. I... I Every time I go out for a ride, I think to myself, ah, the ABC quick check. And then I don't do it and go for my ride. Um, what is the ABC <laughs> quick check? Um, that let's see if I can remember. I yeah. know that A is air, so yep. you need to check your your tire pressure. Um, B is for brakes because yep. you don't want to be going downhill and realize that those aren't working. C is chain. Make sure I your chain looks pretty good. I never oh, understood wait. that one. No, no, you're okay. you're 100% correct. I never understood that one. Like, oh, do I just look at my chain? Until one time I was at the start line of a race, um, Steamboat Gravel, and I looked down and there was a banana in my derailleur or a banana peel in my derailleur. And I was like, oh, this is why we check these things. I don't know how that chain. got the banana got there. Like, I That's don't eat amazing. bananas. I'm allergic to bananas. I don't eat them. Like, That's incredible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm guessing somebody else was eating one and like it, they dropped it or something. Yeah. But that's why I check my chain now. But That's why C is on there, because you have to check your chain for bananas. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, what are we checking for? Like, just to make sure that the chain is, like, on there and yeah. moving? Yeah, I, I think, sure. <laughs> does it look like, yeah, does it look good? Does it look like it's having a fun time? Is your chain in there? Like, is it great? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and it's then, funny. Yeah. No, and then what? Go ahead. I, I only, and you taught me this last 
whenever we did our um retreat after leader retreat yeah last april i didn't realize i knew abc i didn't realize quick check also stood for stuff yeah <laughs> um which is i just like that it just keeps going uh, so the quick is for your quick releases mm -hmm. make sure that those are all tightened because you don't want things to quickly release while you're bombing down a hill uh and then check i don't what was is it just well you're just checking everything yeah okay yeah yeah great Love yeah it. so simple as that yeah yeah thanks for that lesson yes anytime <laughs> <laughs> i would love to hear if other people have found mysterious things in their in their chains or their derailers that's yeah yeah i mean i've definitely had tumbleweeds i've definitely had like trees and sticks and that sort of debris when I've yeah. gotten rowdy on some single track. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, it's usually pretty clear. I'm guessing yeah. you're also checking it to make sure that like the chain is actually on. Um, Cause sometimes, you know, your chain isn't on or maybe yeah. you're in a really hard gear and getting started. Um, yep. You want to adjust your, your gear a little bit. I guess it could mean all sorts of things. Yeah. I uh, usually use that one as my reminder to check and make sure, especially if I'm riding gravel, my bike has like the little clutch keep your yeah. derailleur from moving so that's that's what i that's my entire c on the abc quick check that's so actually yes. that's so smart because i just learned about clutches um and i still i don't i don't know a lot about it it's something i want to learn more about yeah. but my understanding is that when the clutch is on it keeps your derailleur from moving a whole lot um right. and like your chain kind of slapping and coming off easier yep um, and so that's like, there's so much new technology in bikes. You know, when I yeah. worked at the bike kitchen Crazy. almost 10 years ago, things were pretty darn simple. And now there's electric shifting and mm -hmm. components and everybody's got tubeless setups. So and yep. Yeah. It used to be so easy to teach a fix a flat class. Like you just take the tube out and find the hole and you yeah. patch it and then you put it back in. And now it's like get sealant all over yourself and try yep. and reseat the tire and fail. Mm -hmm, and... Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually like, you know, just thinking about it from like an education perspective, like teaching a fix a fat class is a lot harder than it used to be. Yeah. Um, but ideally people are getting a lot less flats if they're running tubeless. Yep. Um, that's the goal anyway. That's the goal, but you got to remember to top off your sealant. Yep. Which I always forget and, to do. And check your tire pressure before your ride. Yeah. And then you'll be golden. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, those are two of the three topics I wanted to, to hit on was winter riding gear. Yep. And, and PSI. Um, and the third is just things that we're looking forward to this year, whether yeah. they're bike related or not. What, um, what, are, what do you got going on this year? A lot. So many things, I'm sure. I knew so, that before I asked. but Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny because like. And I, I've been pretty upfront about this on social media. Um, my mental health has not been good lately. Yeah. Um, it's been really, really hard. And um, December was especially hard. And I think that was due to a couple things, you know, the end of the year. And I didn't budget wisely. Well, I've never budgeted wisely in my entire life, let's be honest. Um, Same. Yes. But because of the nature of my work as a you know, my, my income right now is primarily from sponsors. Um, yeah. and I often get paid quarterly or in lump sums. Um, which means that like for all of December, I didn't have a paycheck coming in, yeah. um, which was fine 
until it wasn't. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so December was just spent hustling. Like I even I I picked up driving for Walmart because I just needed income to pay my bills. Yeah. Um, which I'm not ashamed of. You know, our economy is crazy. And quitting my corporate job was probably the dumbest thing I could have done in terms of financial stability. Um, but it's opened up all these other opportunities. Um, right. So all of that is a long way of saying the end of the year was really, really hard. But I used that time to like really hustle and kind of line things up for this year. And January started off with a bang. And okay. I got opportunities out the wazoo now, which is super, super exciting. So I think um, you know, before we get into events, just some of the things I'm looking forward to is I've picked up a couple of writing gigs. So I used to yes. write a lot. Um, you know, it's actually how this all started was on my blog. And um, I just wrote a blog for adventure cycling nice. about how to gear up, um, kind of our our starter conversation. Um, I'm gonna have a monthly column with cycling weekly. Which nice. Is really exciting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so my first column for that should be coming out soon. And it's all about how I learned to embrace climbing as a fat okay. cyclist. Yes. Um, and I, I talk about this in my column a little bit, but I used to hate hills so much that I would put my bike on a bus and ride the bus up the hill. Okay, sure. And then yep. get off at the top of the hill. Okay. And that is not an option for me anymore because where I live, I guess not technically, no, not a lot of buses. We technically have like an on-demand, but that would be really silly to call them to get me up a hill. Um, so I just talk about, you know, some of the techniques that I've like learned to, uh, that I've learned to make climbing suck a little less. Um, yes. yeah. And just a couple opportunities like that, um, potentially doing some production work. Um, I'm really interested in like storytelling, um, and I've been in front of the camera a lot, but I really want to learn the backside of it. So I'm learning, um, some of the producing sides of things. So I'm excited nice. about that. Um, and then just in terms of all bodies on bikes, um, we have two new chapters opening. Um, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of fun. So I hope folks don't hear this and like, oh God, they didn't tell me or I missed the window. Um, there was not a window to apply <laughs> for new chapters. You did not no miss windows. anything. Um, we are still growing very slowly and very intentionally. Yeah. And so our new chapters are going to be in Seattle, um, where um, Bobby, where if he is our graphic design guru and he was on our steamboat team a couple years ago. Um, Bobby is starting a chapter in Seattle, which is awesome and super awesome. exciting. Yes. And then our Washington DC chapter leader just moved to Richmond, Virginia. So oh, okay. she is take kind of taking the chapter with her. The DC chapter will still do events and still exist, but she's also going to do some stuff. Molly will be starting a chapter in Richmond. Awesome. Um, so folks who are already kind of in the know, in the fold, indoctrinated into all things, all bodies on bikes. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Um, obviously, we've got the kits that just got released. We'll have a link to those in the show notes. Um, okay. And then really exciting, and I don't have a lot of details on it yet, but we are starting a membership program with All Bodies on Bikes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of realized that like it's been a little bit of a one-way street with All Bodies on Bikes. You know, the only ways to get involved right now are to go to a chapter ride if you're lucky enough to live in a place where we have a chapter sure um to go to like a special event ride so you know shakeout ride at unbound or mid-south um you know if you're lucky enough to be on the steamboat gravel team but that's been 
42 people over three years. So not, right. not a huge cohort there. Yep. Um, but otherwise, it's kind of a one-way street, either on social media or this podcast. And we realized um, one of our strategic goals is to grow an inclusive cycling community. And we think starting a membership program will really help to do that. Um, so more details coming soon, but it'll also be a way for us to kind of generate some revenue um, while we still go through the grant process. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually really, really excited about that because I think it'll help us um, just continue to grow and expand on the work we're already doing. Yeah. Um, and then events. Um, do you have any events lined up so far this year? <laughs> so I am staying pretty local this year because I'm I'm going full crazy this September. What does like that mean? Full, Is that when your cycle crazy. cycle challenge happens? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this September will be five years since I started the the doing the Great Cycle Challenge. It's five years since my friend's little girl passed away. Yep. Um, if you and haven't I've heard that story, had... Maggie talked about it in our very yeah. first episode. So you should go back and listen yeah. to that episode. Um. So I've been kind of casually thinking that I wanted to do something nuts and then realized towards the end of last year that I know exactly what I want to do. It is exceptionally important to me that I do it and that I do it this year and that I'm going to try this new thing where I pursue something that's really important to me. Ooh. Are so, you are you willing to give any more details or are you keeping it yeah. close to your heart? Okay. So I'm a little superstitious about sharing goals, but also I can't get support for it if I don't share goals. Yeah. So here and we go. And I found that when you speak it into the world, it happens. Yeah. Um. So right, my let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> this September is to leave on September 1st from the Canadian border in Maine and on September 30th arrive at the North Carolina-South Carolina border and bike the East Coast Greenway. Wow. So Wow. How far is that? Uh, it's going to come out to just over 1,800 miles. <laughs> okay. That's, that's totally doable. Uh, it absolutely is, 100%. So in th um, 30 days has September, April, June, yep. and November. Mm -hmm. In 30 days, what does that mileage break up into? So if I do, I think it's 60 miles a day, okay. I can I can do it no problem. Okay. Uh, planning to do shorter days on Saturdays and at least one century in there. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. Well, I'm going to say this right now, um, and I will continue to remind you, but even if it takes you until October or November, hopefully it won't take you that long because let's right. be honest, who has that many vacation days? Like, Yes, exactly. Taking rest days is going to be important. Yep. Um, especially as your body gets acclimated to long distance cycling. Um, yeah. And don't beat yourself up if it takes you a couple extra days. Um, yeah. Because it's really the the overall feat as opposed to, oh, it yep. took me September plus five days, you know? So, yep. oh, exactly. I'm really excited and proud yeah. of you. I'm um, pretty stoked. Which bike will you be on? Uh, I'll be on my gravel bike, GG. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and I imagine um, bike packing or bike camping or combination of staying in hotels along the way or... Uh, I warm showers probably all the way. Okay. Um, just learned about warm showers in like the last year, uh, and started looking into it. And like my one of my biggest concerns was trying to like resupply along the way. Yeah. Um, and there are so many people in warm showers that are like, yeah, you can send stuff to my house and I'll just save it till you get here. And oh, that's perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. So, that's yeah. also really fun. Um, just, you know, all the planning and the preparation and like, yep. I'm really excited for you. I'm super stoked. Yeah. Do you have a fundraising goal along with that? Um, so I am still trying to figure that out. There will definitely be a fundraising goal. Okay. Um, 
where the focus right now is getting everything together. Yeah. To do the thing. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, fundraising goal. And I'm also hoping to find some ways to like raise awareness. Yeah. Uh, well, you have a like, podcast, which makes it a little bit easier. Hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, folks, you heard it here first. And yeah. um, you can always reach out to us at podcast at allbodiesonbikes.com. Maybe if you live along that route or want to offer support to Maggie, yeah. um, I think you'd appreciate it probably. Absolutely. Okay. I know some people I was going to invite to ride anyway. So if you live along that route and want to come ride for a, a day or so or something. Awesome. I am so, so, so stoked for you. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be great. Cool. Um. <laughs> It's funny. This is not an event for this year, but my 40th birthday will be coming up in a little over two years. Yeah. And I really want to do something epic for that. And <laughs> I keep coming back to the Great Divide. Um, It's been on my list forever. Yep. And again, it's one of those things where if I speak it into the world, it kind of has to happen now. Um, But I also want to be realistic of that would be incredibly challenging. And I have some like you know, chronic health conditions that might make that a not feasible thing. So I'm not going to hold myself to it, but right. it's, it's a possibility. Yep. Yeah. But yep. this year, um, so, um, typically January is like a slow event season for me. Uh, sure. but I have already have two talks to give this month. Yeah. Um, I gave one to the central Arkansas bicycle advocacy. Um, so that was my talk in little rock awesome. and then I'm giving one on Wednesday, um, to the main, uh, bicycle coalition. So really excited about that. And then in February, um, February is my month to like try new things. Okay. So I'm going up to Springfield, Missouri. I got okay. invited. Um, they have a women's only duathlon. Um, yes. Okay. Which is like a triathlon minus the swim. So mm -hmm. it's run and bike. And I'm joining a team. So somebody else will be running and I will Smart. be biking. Yes. But I still consider it something new because I've never 100%. done anything like that before. Yeah. Um, and then the weekend after that, I'm going to Cleveland um, for the Ray's Women's Weekend. So there is an indoor bike park called Ray's. It's like a okay. BMX bike park. Heck yeah. And um, they know that I do not do not know how to mountain bike or not mountain bike, that I do not know how to BMX. And they said, sure. we want you there anyway. Um, All right. They're going to hopefully learn to BMX. Heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Lots of things. As It'll it be great. Out. Yeah. Just yeah. remember um, your helmet. Exactly. And then, <laughs> uh, oh God, yes, remember my helmet. Um, and then it just kind of gets into gravel season from there. So yeah. I'll be doing the century at Unbound. Nope, 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 nope. Reverse, reverse, reverse. <laughs> I will be doing the century at Mid-South Gravel again. Okay. Um, nice. Really exciting. All Bodies on Bikes is hosting the DFL party. Yes. So if you remember my conversation last year, um, Right after Mid South, I we did an interview with Bobby Wintle, who's the event director for Mid South. Um, I kind of tossed that idea out to him during that conversation, I believe, and it has since come to fruition. Um, there we go. So, so we've got a group of nearly forty all bodies on bikes friends, family, chapter leaders, um, alumni, whatever, who are going to be there, and so we're throwing a big party and. Uh, we're going to celebrate the last person across the finish line. Heck and yeah. I hope it's not me this year because that would just be awkward. <laughs> like twice in a row. Mm, we don't need that to happen. Hey, you know, just start a collection of cow skulls. <laughs> um, did you get to keep that last year? Oh, yeah. It sits in front of my house. 
Yeah. Incredible. Okay. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we get into unbound and just all the different things. Although I did figure out, I am going to do another month long road trip this summer. Okay. Um, so really stoked about that. It'll kind of be the same place as last year, starting in Montana for the last best ride and then eventually making my way to steamboat for steamboat gravel. So yeah. 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 Well, this has been a fun episode, Maggie. It has been. Yeah. Catching up on all the things. On all the things. Um, I feel like we need to ask each other a parting question. Okay. But I got nothing. Okay. (laughs) That makes both of us. Um, (laughs) Let's see. If you could, with no danger to your person, run into any animal on a bike ride, what would you want to run into? Like physically run into one? No, like like you get to, you're on your ride, you see it, and you get to observe it and just kind of exist in the same space as it for a little bit. Oh, a hippo. Okay. All I right. think hippos are so cool. Like I could yep. watch them at the zoo all day long, but they're like horrifically dangerous. They're so mean. <laughs> they're so mean and so deadly. Um, yeah. But they're just really strong and majestic. And I love their little like folds of skin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a really good question. Ears for the hippos. Yeah. And actually for how big they are, their, their ears are so tiny. So small. Yep. So small. I'm sure there's like an evolutionary thing to that of like, they don't really need their hearing because they can just eat whatever they want to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um okay my question for you maggie is how many beverages are in front of you and which one is your favorite so in front of me currently i only have two in my backpack there are five other beverages wow yes um currently what, i'm just what drinking, are you drinking uh i got water uh, i got a latte in a can <laughs> I've got some Coca-Cola. I've got some apple juice. And then I have an apricot LaCroix. Ooh. Ooh. That's a flavor yeah. I don't see much. Yeah. It's very, it's rare, but I really like it. I it's do very too. good. Yeah. I'm a coconut LaCroix stan. People think I'm weird. I haven't but I had really, coconut. It's good. Okay. Yeah. But some people say it t- tastes like sunscreen. But Interesting. I All like right. it. Bring it on. Reminds yep. me of summer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of the La Colombe candle lattes. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, I have I had a like they have cafes around the country. Oh, um, and I stopped at one in we were in Philly, I think. And it's like one of my favorite memories of my life stopping at this cafe so i love i like the canned lattes but there's also that whole like memory going with food thing which yeah. is always makes a memory that much better so i just feel peaceful when i'm drinking one of those oh that's really sweet Brings um, me joy. yeah i'm a i'm a couple years older than you um but in the last two years i've become incredibly sensitive to caffeine um okay. and maybe it's Maybe it's just because I moved away from Seattle and like the water down here isn't infused with caffeine like it is up there. But I used to drink like three, four, sometimes five cups of coffee a day. Um, and I remember one time mm-hmm. I went to my neurologist because I used to have migraines and him being like, how much ca- coffee are you drinking a day? And I was like, I don't know, five or six cups. He was like, oh, let's try and get that down to one or two. And now I drink like half a cup of coffee and I'm like, oh, I'm buzzing. And today I had two cups of coffee and I'm like, I will never oh. sleep again. Yep. Mm hmm. 
So it doesn't affect me anymore, honestly. Mm. I used to. I have to have way too much. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So affect me. Yep. Yeah. Well, next week we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. We've got some really exciting guests lined up. Um, super stoked for those conversations. Um, and oh, actually, before I let you go, that's one thing that I'm really excited for. Um, is our guest next week is from Bike. She's from Bike New York. Um, and if you saw my Instagram. Um, I am going out to New York the first weekend of May for the TD five borough bike tour. Um, Heck which yeah. it's been on my list of rides to do for years. Um, but it's like 40 something miles in New York city, closed streets. You get to go across all five boroughs. Um, oh, heck yeah. and I actually lived in Brooklyn for a hot summer when I was 21. Um, that's a story for another day of okay. how I use J date to eat dinner. Cause I was poor and j-date was a thing uh which, do you know what j-date is i do not remember that it is uh it's basically tinder for jews uh <laughs> okay sure <laughs> which oh man i could tell all sorts of stories about just... my summer my summer of j-date in new york <laughs> oh man anyway all right cool lived, cool, in cool. Brooklyn, lived in brooklyn for a summer but never went to staten island um and i oh. never went to all right what's the other borough there's five of them, and I've only been to three. Okay, um, all right. So anyway, really, really stoked for that. And we're going to have her on the show. Um, but I'm really excited for that ride, and we're going to talk yeah. about that. So I forgot, to, awesome. I forgot to say that. So, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode. A um, little bit inside the brains of Marley and Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, and go get yourself some All Bodies on Bikes kits. Heck they yeah. are hot. You're going to look good in them. You're going to feel good. And you'll be a part of like the most inclusive cycling club around. Exactly. So thanks for thanks for showing up to the podcast. And we will yes. talk at you next week. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening. Thank you.